Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Welcome to the program. <laughs> Dan and the Danettes. It's not the way the song goes, but maybe they should do a revised version there. The alt lyrics. Yes. Uh, we got some football to talk about. How about the NBA Summer League champion Cleveland Cavaliers? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Your Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley's brother. He's the MVP. The Cavs win the Summer League. You know, it's almost like the first time you see your kid on uh, ice skates and they're on the ice and they're falling down. They're just, that's what Summer League is. You're just watching and you're going, they're all out of control, it feels like. But it's entertaining. And I did watch. At least uh, some of the second half there. And I was entertained by it. But, you know, you're looking for that guy where you go, oh, I remember him, like Josh Hart. When Josh Hart was dominating the Summer League a couple of years ago, I'm like, Josh Hart's going to be a star. And then he wasn't a star, but he's a contributor to the Knicks. But you're watching and you're going, all right, let me see if I can follow that guy. Now, a lot of these guys, you go, whatever happened to and I don't know, Isaiah Mobley, uh, Evan Mobley's brother, both playing for the Cavs. Cavs, good young team, but uh, it was fun watching last night. Yes, Marvin. Nepotism gone right. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Evan said, you want me? Yeah. Isaiah better be on this team. Right. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle is at dpshow. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. Download the app and you can watch the program. Also, our radio affiliates iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and uh, all the other great cities that carry this program. Thank you. Those on chat row chatting, thank you. Uh, Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls today. Got a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. We're approaching a billion-dollar Powerball. And I've asked, been asked this before. We've addressed this before. If I won Powerball, would I be here the next day? And the answer is yes. I would be here for as long as I, you know, was allowed to. I think if you win that money, I, you get, you're going to get bored. You're going to be like, I got to have something that uh, there, there's some stability in my life. Now, 
I would want to disappear because of the amount of money that I made. But okay, let me let me pose this question. If you could win a billion in Powerball and everybody knew it, or you could win twenty-five million in and Powerball. No, and nobody knew? Well, they wouldn't really care because it's twenty-five million. But a billion, everybody's gonna know. Would you rather win a billion dollars Powerball? Now, I know it sounds like it's an obvious answer, but is it? Seton, I'm going to start with you. You can win a billion, everybody knows it, or 25 million, and nobody knows it. I'd probably take the 25 and nobody knows. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I thought it might be a little more thought-provoking, and Seton proved me correct. Yes, Todd? I think I'm going to take the billion and then, uh, I don't know, I'll wear sunglasses and disguises and go to some island far away. And just... Yeah, but you're going to go there, and then you're going to go, I'm away from everybody and everything. Probably. I got sunglasses on, and I'm on an island. Marvin, a billion or 25 million? 25, stay out my life. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Because when you, when you get a billion, you're going to have a lot of friends. You're going to have issues. There's going to be security issues. I, I remember finding out about Billionaire's Row at uh, USC, that there were kids from Billionaires, and they had security there on their floor. And oh, oh, on campus? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they, they had like six uh, sons, I think, or uh, you know, kids from billionaires. And they put them purposely in the same little wing yes. because they had the same similar issues. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they had security on the floor with them. Yes. So my son was just at a soccer camp, and one of the kids that was there was the son of a billionaire, like a Russian billionaire oligarch type guy, right? Yeah. yeah. And... Like my son would talk to this kid and like he like the first day that he was like, Dad, this kid's a, like his dad is a billionaire um, and he wears Travis Scott's and he creases them like he, he has these like fifteen hundred dollar sneakers that he wears like out in the rain. Oh. You know what I mean? Like he has like <laughs> the, the kid just has crazy money and they would try to talk to him about like, oh, we took the train here. And the kid like just had no comprehension of he's just like what we took a helicopter. Yeah. He just lived in a totally different stratosphere. Paulie, twenty five million. Or a billion? This is a great question because I think the obvious is I'll take the big money, but I would be really nervous as a family man of what a billion dollars could do to a mm. family. I, I like to think that we're a very stable family, and I think everyone does. But, man, does money change people or people around you? Yes. What, you what, what if your wife wants to do this with the billion and you want to do that with the billion? And I, I don't know. I, I, you're asking me the question. I would take the billion and give most of it away quickly yeah but people don't realize you're giving it away i know i'd still be a target and they're still yes you're going to be a target yeah and there is something very scary about winning a billion dollars yes that's true yes you don't think about it like that but it is it's kind of terrifying because what's that first week like with you and your family do the kids still go to school am i, am I getting up at seven to get our kids ready i know that's when you say to your kid come on you got to put the work in there come on where's your work ethic and like dad you're a billionaire i don't need to do jack bleep <laughs> Yes, Todd. But Warren Buffett, Steve Ballmer, Cuban, um, Oprah, among others, they seem to be uh, doing okay and seem to be in a happy state of mind. We all know. Yeah, but you don't know what their world is like. No, but we all know that they're billionaires and we all know that they have uh, at least a billion dollars. And they seem, unless they're putting on an act, they look like they're enjoying life and don't seem too stressed. Yes, yeah, but they didn't have it dropped in their lap overnight. 
that's different. You know, they, they earned their money. They, well, earned is a funny word. Um, they made that money. And, you know, that's, that, that happens over a period of time. Whereas if you woke up tomorrow and had a billion dollars and you're like, yeah, why not spend 15 million on samurai swords? Uh, right. You know, like, right. you're just like, yeah, why not? That seems like a good idea. You know, it's, you don't do that when you've slowly obtained that money. Yes, Paul. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. That the overnight sensation thing would be too much too soon. I'm sure, I'm sure Mark Cuban was a millionaire first for a couple of years. I heard he was well off. I think he's told us he wasn't like, you know, destitute. And then when he got the big billion dollar payout. He was rich, and then he went ultra-rich. This program brought to you by Discover Credit Cards. They do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. Cash back from trips and restaurants. See terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. Stat of the day is always brought to you by the great folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Yes, Paul? When you're a billionaire, do you have a normal bank account like everybody else with like a debit card and you go to the ATM to get cash? Well, I've asked Mark Cuban, how many times would you go, you're out having beers with your buddies, yeah. and they're like, come on, let's go to the ATM. Come on, let, let, let's see what your balance is. But does Mark drive up to a bank in Dallas and I, I need a couple grand to have on me, or does he have a guy who goes and gets a box of cash and it's on his property when he needs it. I wonder if they give him an ATM that's at his house. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I think that's a real question. Yeah. Like I, Hey, I'd like to have an ATM at my house if I could, please. All right. Uh, you know, it's a fun thing to do yeah, sometimes. Fun. Uh, well, not, you don't necessarily have to do it, but if you're at a, in a major city and you go to an ATM, look at the receipts that you know how people you get, leave them behind oh. people that leave by leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, my God, this person's got $5 million in their bank account. <laughs> I have pulled up, and uh, there was a receipt that was hanging out, and uh, it was like for $721. And I went, I've been there. I've been there. When there was less money in there than $721. I've been there when there was a minus in front of the number. <laughs> minus? How can you have – They? I owe that money? All right, we'll get to uh, – what's the poll question, by the way, that we're going to have here, Seton O'Connor? Or, well, I mean, we could start with, do you want a billion dollars publicly or 25 million anonymously? Okay. That's, that's a solid question. Yeah. Because what would you do? What does a billion let you do that maybe 25 million wouldn't let you do? You could buy a sports team, theoretically. Not an not a NFL team, but... Even then, a billion, I don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Could be a minority owner for a billion. Yeah. Get like 30% of it, maybe. Yeah. You rent a jet, you own a jet. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big deal. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be that busy though, that I need to own a jet. Yeah. You know, people say, you know, you should lease it. Yeah. 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 Just like that's, that's the best thing to do. Lease it. Yeah. Paul. Or you buy a jet and lease it to other millionaires. I think that's like, remember, you asked Warren other Buffett. billionaires. Yeah. yeah. You asked Warren Buffett, what's his luxury item? He says his jet on call because that saves him time, which is the one thing you can't buy. <laughs> Fair question, man. Perfect bracket. <laughs> I do love Warren Buffett's voice. Hey, I hate that. I'm going to go get some ice cream, and I like to do that in Omaha. Opens up an IRA account. Yeah. You ask, how, how do you get rich? Uh, I don't know. You just you get rich. I have one car. Why would I need eight cars? <laughs> yeah, Warren Buffett doesn't live the way we want our billionaires to live. 
Because I've been by his house in Omaha, and you're like, if you said, all right, which one's Warren Buffett's house? You'd never guess it. And it's amongst houses, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yes. What, Todd? He seems like someone that wouldn't be afraid to tell like, a good friend or a family member, no, I'm not giving you any money. This is my money. I don't care how many billions I have. If you put Tim Kirchin in the room with Warren Buffett, <laughs> oh. how's that going to sound? How about the 1899 Cleveland Spiders? Well, uh, it's nine triples in a row. Ross Tucker, our good buddy from Westwood One, will join us. The, uh, the dilemma that is the running back position in the NFL because – Yesterday, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs did not sign long-term extensions prior to the deadline, so they will play on the franchise tag of just over $10 million for the 2023 season. I'm not sure why we feel bad for the running back position. And I'm thinking, and the more I thought about it yesterday, and I'm hearing a lot of people talk about it, is the nostalgia of what running backs used to mean to us. But you're thinking, and I grew up with Jim Brown for the Cleveland Browns. You got to see these great running backs. The game was predicated on having a great running back. Your quarterback complimented your running back. Now it's the other way around. But I don't know when it changed, but it felt like once it changed, it wasn't going back. You also have a plethora of running backs who are in offenses with quarterbacks who can run. I mean, Jalen Hurts can run. Lamar Jackson can run. Patrick Mahomes can run. Josh uh, Allen can run. Therefore, they're diminishing the running back also with the number of carries that you have. Let's say you have a running back who carries the ball 250 times. And you have a wide receiver who catches the ball 100 times. Now, a lot of times those receivers don't get hit. A running back is getting hit on just about every play, and maybe by more than just one player. You just add it all up. The body can only take so much, and you become disposable. I know that people have suggested this. We suggested this a long time ago. What if we give running backs a three-year contract? When you come out in the draft three years, then you're still in your prime, and you can renegotiate. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're an owner... Do you think you're going to go, yep, I'm going to sign up for that? This is the solution. And if you have a solution, I would love to hear it. Because all we've heard is the problem with the running back position. The solution we came up with is have a salary cap that is separate for quarterbacks. Then maybe you can spread the wealth. Now, once again, it gets back to if you're an owner, are you going to sign up for this? And the answer is you're not. Until... They unionize the running back position or the players association or let's say you walked into a locker room and you walked in there today or tomorrow when everybody shows up and say, hey, would everybody be willing to take one percent less of their paycheck? We want to pay our running back. Let's say you're asking the Giants, do you want to give up one percent because we want to pay Saquon Barkley? Probably not going to happen. Right. If they're honest, they'll probably be like, uh, can we do this anonymously? And the answer would be no. But we've gotten to that position, that place where we don't need running backs. We like them. And there's only a few that make a difference. And I found it interesting that these two running backs play for teams 
their quarterbacks desperately need production from Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Danny Dimes, he needs Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs with Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be very valuable. But Jacobs had almost 50% of his team's touches last year. Just under 50%. Highest of any player. Barkley, 40%. He ranked third. Derrick Henry, 36%. Like, these are big numbers. But it feels like, then you look at teams that are successful. Look at the Chiefs. Uh, Even look at what the Buccaneers did. Look at what the Patriots did. Successful teams winning championships. They didn't have great running backs. I mean, Leonard Fournette's a good running back, but he's still looking for a job now. Zeke Elliott had four of the most productive years a running back's ever had. He's looking for a job. Derrick Henry is a dinosaur. He's an anomaly. I mean, B. John Robinson, I love him. I think he's a talented player, uh, but would I take him in the top five? Saquon Barkley, I signed off on that when they took him number two overall because I thought he is what Eli Manning needs at the end of his career. And I thought that defense that they had revamped was going to be great. Therefore, he could be the missing piece and the Giants could go back and make a Super Bowl run. Didn't work out that way. But Saquon Barkley, he gives you two great years and then he's got two years where he's banged up. But that's the position. Tony Pollard with the Cowboys. Well, he made Zeke Elliott expendable, but he's coming back from an injury. And he finally got paid with $10 million. Now, it's different for him than it is Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Paul. If you look at it, the, the first-round running back selection may, may still happen because it gives you total control as a franchise. Like, they got Saquon Barkley for a total of, what, five seasons at $38 million. You know, that was pretty much a bargain. Yeah. And that's a high-end running back. Bijan Robinson's going to just crank it out for Atlanta for five years. It's a second contract. It's almost impossible to get a second contract. Let's take a break. We'll uh, settle on our poll question here. Phone calls are always welcome as we uh, lament the running back position. Does anybody feel bad for the middle linebacker? Exactly. No one does. That used to be the position. The linebacker. Got to have a great middle linebacker. Or safety. Got to have a great safety. But the running back... We, we, it's nostalgia, uh, fantasy, you know, all of those things kind of lumped in there that we feel bad for the running back position. We'll take a break. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio radio app, by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. 
So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Ross Tucker, a good buddy, Westwood One, CBS Sports, a college football analyst and host the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can find him on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. All right, the running back position. How do we solve it? Or do we need to solve it? Why are we upset? Well, I, I can tell you why we're upset. Uh, we are upset because star players who everybody drafts in the first round on their fantasy team, who everybody's kids have their jerseys, their money's going the wrong way. I mean, Dan, the salary cap's going up every year by a pretty significant amount, and running back contracts are going in the opposite direction. And that's tough for guys to stomach, and I, I don't blame them. And by the way, I don't blame the teams either, right? Like if you're the New York Giants, Dan, and you can get Saquon this year for 10.1 and next year for whatever that is, 12.2, yeah. why why, why would you give them $16 million a year in a long-term contract? You wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. So the franchise tag is a major, major issue here. Although, you know what, Dan? You know what might even be worse for Saquon and Jacobs and these guys? I'm not sure they'd get more money even if they were on the open market. That's the scary thing. I mean, the, the teams utilizing the franchise tag is a whole other NFLPA topic to get rid of the franchise tag, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that even if Saquon and Jacobs were free agents, that I don't think they would get a lot more than this, that's got to be the part that's really concerning for running backs and their agents. Yeah, I don't know. The owners aren't going to try to help the running back. It, you know, the, the, the league is predicated on passing. Now you have running quarterbacks here. So your running back is not the, he's going to carry the ball 25 to 30 times. He might get that many touches, but 
the position has changed, just like the middle linebacker position has changed. If you don't have to have that running back, you don't have to have that middle linebacker there. Nobody's talking about the plight of middle linebackers, are they? No, not really. And I'll tell you this much. By the way, that's primarily because they don't draft them in fantasy football, I think. But I'll, I'll say a couple of things, Dan. Number one, if you really think about it, right, it starts when they're way younger. Like, good running backs should be able to come out after their freshman year, definitely sophomore year of college, right? Like, some of these guys, Saquon Barkley and some of these guys we've seen recently having to play that third year of college football, Leonard Fournette, it's ridiculous. I mean, and then what really I I think um, bothers me personally is – the five-year contract yeah. for first-round picks, and then the franchise tag. I mean, Dan, do you realize that if the Giants tag Saquon this year, which they did, if they tag him again next year, that's seven years, okay, that Saquon Barkley doesn't have the ability to hit a market and decide where he wants to live, uh, see how much money he can make. Something's not right there. I mean, this isn't baseball. These are running back. Seven years is an entire running back career, right? And this guy can't one time, not once, be able to, like everybody else in life, go out and see what they're worth and see what employers might be interested in what they might offer him. Well, I know it sounds like an injustice, but the owners aren't going to be benevolent souls and philanthropic and go, you know what? If we, Our suggestion is if you have a separate salary cap for quarterbacks, then maybe you could spread the wealth elsewhere on a team. And maybe the running backs could be compensated. But I do like the idea if they could come out after their freshman year in college. I, I like the idea. But what's the possibility that college football and the NFL are, are going to be together on that. Oh, not real good. It, it would have to be a lawsuit yeah. like Maurice Claret tried. It would have to be something of that ilk. Um, I will say this, though. It's interesting because you hear some people say running backs don't matter. I struggle with that, Dan. I mean, if you watch a Browns game, you can't tell me that Nick Chubb doesn't make a difference in the outcome of those games or Titans with Derrick Henry or ask the Niners. I mean, the Niners gave up draft picks, Dan, as you know, for the right to pay McCaffrey $16 million a year. And you can't tell Niners fans after they got McCaffrey last year that he didn't make a difference in the outcome of some of those games. And what's really strange, you know, Dan, I played mainly center and guard, right? And I wasn't great. But there's guards now <laughs> that are making $20 million a year or more. I mean, if you would have told me when I was playing, Dan, from 01 to 2008, with our running backs, we had like Travis Henry, Willis McGahee, Stephen Davis when I was in Washington, Emmett Smith when I was with the Cowboys. If you would have told me, hey, Ross, like 20 years from now, um, guards are going to be getting paid double what running backs get paid, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe the pendulum – has swung too far. I love Chris Lindstrom, the right guard for the Falcons. Quentin Nelson, the left guard for the Colts, is a good player. I'm not sure I think that they're twice as valuable or have twice as much of an impact on the outcome of NFL football games. If I said you could have Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley and time up with a long-term deal. 
I would probably say Saquon because I think he's a little bit more explosive and more productive in the passing game. But Jacobs had a heck of a year. It feels like Saquon's kind of been up and down and that Jacobs had a couple bad years, but then last year Jacobs was awesome. But it, and, it, and you do Saquon. have two quarterbacks here, Ross, who their success is predicated on how good their running backs have been. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback in Vegas. He needs Josh Jacobs. Danny yeah. Dimes, uh, he does not get that contract extension without Saquon Barkley. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. So, by the way, imagine that, right? Imagine you're Saquon, and the whole offense runs through you, and you can't get a $12 million a year offer, but the other guy who was calling the plays in the huddle to run the offense through you, either a run or a pass to you, gets $40 million a year? I mean, that's tough. The question now, Dan, is what do these guys do? And to your point, okay, because I think you made a good one, they have to get something more than just playing one year for 10.1, right? So they can't get a long-term deal anymore, but they can get more money on a one-year deal, or they can get a one-year deal that inserts in there a clause that they can't be tagged again. I think these guys need to be willing to skip maybe even games to get those clauses. And then there's a whole other thing we could talk about I don't think these teams want to play games without these guys. They're, they're not going to win very many games without these guys. So they could report and sign the tender, get their money. But, oh, man, because they weren't at training camp, my hamstring's real sore and tight. I don't know if I can play this first game or the second game. Sore hammy, man. Uh, before I let you go, we're talking to Ross Tucker, Westwood One, CBS Sports. Um, you know, the teams don't uh, – report the same day for training camp. Why why is it why isn't there a unilateral this is when training camp starts and everybody shows up at the same time? Good question. The answer is there are rules negotiating the CBA between the NFL and the NFLPA how many days before the first game your rookies can report and how many days before the first game your veterans can report. Different teams handle it differently. The seven that are reporting today, the rookies, they're they're using every day they got, Dan. They're they're taking every day. As soon as we can get those guys back and start working with them and grinding them, bring them back. There's other teams that think, "Eh, I don't know if that's really what's best for them or our coaches. I don't know if we really want them back that early. Let's wait another week. So the teams that are doing it today with their rookies, they are within the rules. The other teams have just decided that that's not really in the best interest of the organization to have the rookies report this early. Great to talk to you as always, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Jerome Bettis, 2015 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee, won a Super Bowl with the Steelers, joining us from Atlanta, flying the Notre Dame colors. Hey, we're going to Dublin for the game against Navy. We got room for you. (laughs) I know. I I, I just found out. I'm, I'm going to try to make it work, unfortunately. Um, my son's high school football season starts up. So I've got to be a dad and be in the stands and watch him play. What position does your son play? He's a wide receiver. (laughs) So he's not going (laughs) to fall in line and be a running back because nobody wants to be a running back anymore. Yeah, he quit quit me too. I mean, I'm just saying, (laughs) the running backs, it's no love. I mean, my own son. But uh, he is six, two and a half. So, I mean, it's probably not – uh, 
in his uh, in his wheelhouse, but nobody wants to play running back anymore. Okay, explain what's going on in the NFL and how that's affecting careers here. So let, let me tell you how it all started. It started because college football went to a more wide open style of football, maybe let's say about 10 years ago, right? Everybody started to want to throw the football around. And what happened was the high schools saw that. And then if you're a high school kid and you want to go to college, you're looking at the landscape. If you were 6'2", 220 pounds, all the colleges wanted small running backs. So you went to linebacker and, and instead, right? So now what, what we see happening after all these years is that if you don't go to Georgia, Alabama, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio State, you know, it, you, you're not going to play running back if you're 215, 220 pounds, right? So now these kids, the talented kids, are switching positions. And so you don't have that full range of running backs that you can go all over the country and get a 6'2", 220-pound running back that can that can give you 25 carries a game. Those guys don't exist anymore unless you go to those five or six colleges, right? So now, if you're a GM, you're saying, okay, well, I don't have that special running back that's in the draft this year. Let me get two guys, three guys that we feel can, can kind of fill that void and be one running back, but be three different players. And so that's what you're seeing now. You're not seeing a, a plethora of quality running backs, but when you do see them, now these teams have an opportunity to devalue the position. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, maybe it's undervalued. No, it's, it's a devaluation of the position because now they say, we don't have to pay you because we can get them elsewhere. Yeah. But the truth is, when you get a special running back like a Saquon Barkley, you, you can't find them. They don't grow on trees. So you you do have to pay them, but because the this 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 place that we're at, they don't have to justify to the fans that hey, we needed to pay him top dollar because he was a quality running back. We can afford to play hardball with them because the market is dictating that we don't have to pay him that number. And that's just, uh, it's a terrible situation. But how would that affect you if you were in high school of playing that position? Because you said to yourself, one, I don't really, I see what's happening, right? If I get to the NFL, it's probably not going to be uh, very lucrative for me. Uh, and two, there's not many colleges that want you. If I'm, if I'm 225 pounds uh, and I'm six foot, I only can go to maybe five or six schools and play running back. So I've got a better shot of playing linebacker. Then I can go to a hundred schools and I can be six to 230 pounds as a, as a linebacker and I can play anywhere. So if if I'm in high school, it's very limited where I can go and play. Did your son change positions? Was he a running back and then became a wide receiver? Well, he kind of grew out of position. So he played, he played wide receiver first year of, of, of little league. And then, he uh, he went to running back, and then he got too tall, and then he he went went to wide receiver just out of necessity because you know he was almost six foot, and and all the other kids were you know five seven five eight. But I also wonder about the middle linebacker position, Bussy, because you had Brian Urlacher yeah. and you know Ray Lewis. I mean, go down through NFL history, and it's littered with great running backs and great middle linebackers. Nobody is speaking out on behalf of middle linebackers that. You know, nobody cares about them anymore, but it, 
they are about running backs. Yeah, it, it, it is. What's happened is this change uh, to the passing game has really eliminated uh, it's it's already totally eliminated the fullback position. That's that's already totally gone. And I think um, you know that was the Peyton Manning era that really kind of ushered out the fullback. And so now, because you know the the math uh, and the numbers say you throw the football, throw the football, and as a result of that, everyone's gotten smaller because now you need to be more athletic. You need to move around and you need to protect and, and, and all those kind of things. So now you're not running the ball that much. You have to play in coverage. So now my linebacker, I need him to be more of a, a defensive back and linebacker. And so I need him to be 225, 230, maybe 240, but he's got to be extremely fast because I need him now to cover these tight ends who are no longer tight ends. They're glorified wide receivers. And so now the game has switched because the emphasis used to be running the football on first and second down. Now the emphasis is passing the ball on first and second down. Uh, and it's changed the way these athletes look. Now you don't have a 250-pound, 260-pound linebacker. You don't have a 320-pound offensive Yeah, but tackle, is it going to change, uh, though, Bussy, where a team goes, hey, you're about speed and finesse. We're going to be power. And, you know, we, we saw this with the Titans, and, and it's worked for them. But I wonder if you get a team that just says, we're going to be different than everybody else. We don't have a franchise quarterback. We're going to have a good offensive line. We're going to run the football. We're going to keep you off the field. And we're going to, you know, play really good defense. I, I think that's the recipe for what you're going to see in Pittsburgh. I think Kenny Pickett is is going to be a special quarterback. He's still developing, and while he's developing, I think you're going to run the football. You got to run the football. So yeah. I think you're still going to see that philosophy um, quite a bit. Uh, it, but you have to have that special running back. You know, it, it's easy to say we're going to do that, we're going to do that. But, um, you, know, you know, King Henry, he, he was he's a special running back. You could do that around him. But you don't have a lot of those guys out there where you could just turn it over and say, we're going to give you the ball uh, 400 times and, you know, they're going to have trouble dealing with you. But but if you do, you have a decided advantage because most of these defenses are much smaller yeah. than they were historically. I agree. Uh, how many Hall of Fame defenders do you think you ran ran over? Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I got a few under my belt. I do. <laughs> I got a picture my first year. Uh, and and this is it's very funny. I got a picture. We went and played the New York Giants my rookie year when I was with the Rams, and I got a picture of Lawrence Taylor on my leg, and I'm kind of dragging him, and it's like the, <laughs> the most incredible picture because nobody knows he's in his 16th or 17th year. Nobody knows he's 40 years old. <laughs> All you see is Lawrence Taylor in this Giants helmet, and I'm dragging him. So – I get to I get to put that up and I get to lie to everyone <laughs> and say that he was in his prime when that happened. <laughs> Do you know I still have your Rams jersey that you signed? Do you? Yeah, I have. I, God, I. You know what? My man cave is so. Do you guys know where the Bettis jersey is? <laughs> you got so much stuff. I do. I do, but I don't know where it is. Can you, you got to bring it out of the archives? You got to bring it out of the archives. I got it around here, Bussy. 
Um, I know you got it there. Oh, you know what it is? It's out in the uh, bullpen. It's out by Rob. Uh, Yes. If you guys can bring that out, that would be great. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what it's worth. Can I put it on eBay? uh, Sure. It's not going to be worth a whole lot. Was that your St. Louis Rams or your L.A. Rams? That was my L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams. Oh, that's right. That was my L.A. Rams. Blue and gold. Blue yeah, and gold. that was I was L.A. Rams. Yeah. How many? Some good times. Is there a mark still on you from getting hit? <laughs> yeah, I um, I'll never forget. I played in Houston, uh, the, the Oilers at the time, and I was a I was a rookie, and I'll never forget. My offensive coordinator told me, "Okay, he drew up this play, and he said." It's a goal line play. The backside linebacker is going to be unblocked, but it's no problem, right? That's what he said to me. Well, he didn't tell me that the backside linebacker could get to the play in time. So I'm thinking that, oh, he's oh, blocked. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Bussy. There you go. Oh, that is that's special there. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, your Rams, Rams jersey behind me. That's old school right there. Wait, do you want – I mean – do you have this jersey? I do. Oh, I do. Okay. All right. So oh, then you I, don't I need do. it. I do. Absolutely. Okay. No, no, I do. All right. I do. All right. Just want to make I, sure. I, I, I'm nostalgic. I, I always okay. I have one. Um, For all um, your teams? That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So explain the play. So, so he told me that the backside linebacker is unblocked. No worries. You can still <laughs> score a touchdown. What he didn't tell me was that, that the guy was going to be able to hit me. So <laughs> they called this play. I'm running. And I promise you, I got hit so hard, I was almost out on my feet. And he hit me behind my ear, and my earpiece went and cut into my neck. So I, I still have a uh, a cut around my neck, and I I immediately went right to the sideline and cussed <laughs> out my offensive coordinator. <laughs> Because he he told me that oh don't worry about him and I was like bull yeah yeah, uh, yeah didn't you was... didn't you knock out Ed Reed then he came no, out of blitz that, no that was um that was Heinz Ward that caught Ed Reed oh yeah yeah and they were then they started chasing him all over the field they, um, they were trying they to were, get back at him they were trying to get him <laughs> him and uh, Rob Woodson was on that team too they were trying to they were chasing him all over the field trying to get him just trying to hurt him purposely purposely trying to hurt him uh yeah there yeah, were a lot of was, teams that wanted to purposely hurt Heinz Warren uh, there was there was right and, and that's why that's why he should he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame I mean he's one of those great wide receivers who could block uh, just as good as he could uh, catch it. Why did you pick number six? Okay, good question. So at high school, I was number thirty-six. So when I got to Notre Dame, I wanted to play. I wanted thirty-six, and Lou Holtz told me that Don Grimm, Russ Grimm from the uh, Washington, Washington now Commanders, yeah. who was in the who who was in the um, um, offensive lineman in the Hall of Fame, his younger brother. Um, Don Grimm had number 36, right? He said, he's a senior. I can't take a number from a senior. So I said, okay, well, Rick Meyer had number three. And then you had Dorsey Levins, who was there. Um, um, Rodney Culver had five. Dorsey had four. So I said, give me six. It was either the three or the six. I couldn't get the three. So I said, give me the six. And that's how 
I ended up with six at Notre Dame. Would you be okay if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I would be, but I don't think it would ever happen. You know, that was an, I, think, I believe there was a time when they actually reached out to the Big Ten. Um, but um, at the time, they weren't, they weren't a research school. And the Big Ten, I, I believe, if I'm correct, denied them uh, uh, entry because they weren't a research school at the time. And they didn't want to split the research money with the school that wasn't a research school. And so I think that's kind of happened, uh, if, my, if my math is correct. Uh, uh, but if it happened, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be upset with it at all. Do you remember telling me the story about when Urban Meyer – was thinking about Notre Dame, and he he didn't even stop into South Bend. I think he wanted to get two players in to Notre Dame who maybe wouldn't qualify normally with the academic standards. Does that sound right? But he wasn't yeah. going to get with Lou Holtzcott, and he didn't yes. even stop through South Bend. He went straight to Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. Is that right? I do. He, yeah. He said um, at the time, I guess Coach Holtz, the deal that Coach Holtz had, he could probably, I thought he could get two. Yeah. And he only wanted one. Urban Meyer only wanted one guy who, oh, okay. who from a, from a grade point average might not be uh, um, at the highest level. And so he wanted one guy that he could maybe um, have that opportunity to get in. They told him no. And he said, well, I mean, why, why would I fight that when I can get 25 in at Florida? Uh, why would I do that? And so, and, and it was, yeah, it, it really hurt. But it, I understood his situation, um, but also understood. Yeah, but he's Dame's only situation. asking for one. I, but the problem is once, you know, once, once you get that one, uh, then you want more. Yeah. And so he goes from I, Utah to Florida with no stop in South Bend. With no stop in South Bend. And and he said he really, really wanted that job, but um he couldn't uh, he couldn't do it. So yeah, that it hurt the program, but I think we got a really good one now. So let's uh let's keep our fingers. Maybe crossed. I'll see you in Dublin. Bring your uh, PXG clubs if you come over there. Absolutely. I saw that sweater, man. I was looking at that like, man, I need to get that sweater. That's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. I just got my new PXG club, so the Gen 6s, so I'm, I'm looking forward to playing with them. Well, I know that uh, you love your golf. Uh, Bussy, good to talk to you as always. Thank you. Good luck to your son this year. Thank you. Appreciate that. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.